0: Mark chapter 4, beginning with verse 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was. Just as he was. You always wonder what that means. That's one of those question marks in my Bibles. Just as he was. Was he very tired that day? Was he exhausted from all of his ministry? They took him along just as he was. And there were other boats with them. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. What was he doing? The disciples woke him up and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now put that together with Mark 8, 23 to 27, and Luke 8, beginning with verse 22 to 25, and you begin to get the entire story. There are many times in each of our lives when we face absolutely incredible crises. And it's important when you go through a crisis, and young people, if you're young enough and you haven't had a major crisis in your life yet, except you got busted one time. And I know that really, really hurt, But and I don't take anything away from your pain, but in life, there are some crises that come, and how we act and how we feel and how we live and how we act is very, very important in facing a crisis. Now, I want to start today out on this beautiful, calm Sea of Galilee. This, this was the end result of the story. So you hear how quiet it is? You hear, see how calm it is? This is the end result of the story, and this is the end result of what Jesus will do to a crisis in your life. So just close your eyes for just a moment. And feel the peacefulness. This is what it feels like when Jesus steps into your crisis. And it's over. Everybody say, peaceful. But we must understand that there are crises that come in life. And every territory, every job, every career, everything that you do in life, there is crises that are involved in them. Now, right now, we're on the Sea of Galilee, as he told you earlier, 680 feet below sea level, surrounded by hills. When the wind comes up over the top of those hills, or the wind comes down, the cold wind down of Mount Hermon, it gets funneled through here, and because this is not a really deep lake, the waves come up very, very quickly and very strong. So they have no idea that a storm is coming until it's on them. Everybody say, instant storm. Now, in every territory, in every career, in every business that you're in, there are going to be crises that are part of that territory. I remember Brother John called me on the phone one day, and he just built a new house. he just put all the furniture in it. And immediately, typhoon season hit in Texas. He lived in Corpus Christi. And at the end of that typhoon season, he called me on the phone. He said, I'm moving. I said, Brother John, you just built the house. You just put furniture in the house. He said, I do not want to have to leave my house again because of a storm. So he recognized typhoons come with that territory. Now, my parents also lived in Typhoon Belt, Mobile, Alabama, but my dad built his house 480 feet on the bluff, like a big bluff like that, above Mobile Bay. My brother-in-law in those days, he lived on Fish River, and every time a typhoon came into town, he had to move out because the floods came in. So you understand that Every piece, every geographical landmass right now in the in the Midwest they're having, some of you are from the Midwest originally, and or you've been over there, they had the polar vortex or whatever they called it. It got super cold. So whatever area you live in, there are crises that will come in the environment. And forgive me, even in your businesses, there are different crises like... For some people, when the pace of devalues, it's the biggest boom and the greatest thing in their life, and their businesses flourish, and they get million and they become millionaires. For others, when the pace of devalues, the they go bankrupt. Everything that in life, there are crises that are part of the context of our lives. Now, in verse 24, it says that without warning, a furious storm came up. Matthew 8:24. These crises that come up in our life, y- you know, you're not expecting them. If you could sit down and plan for them, they wouldn't be a crisis, they would be life. If you could plan for them, they, they would just be a problem that you plan for and you, you you'd get everything ready for and it's no big deal. But a crisis comes up without warning. Everybody say without warning. And just all of a sudden you get hit in the head with it and you go, when, how did this happen and, and why didn't I see it coming? Well, you will never see a crisis coming and you need to get over the guilt of all that. You need to get over the shame. I need to take my hat off. You need to get over the shame of all of that. Crisis is when they come, they come in full strength. Verse 24, a furious storm came up on the lake. Mark 4, verse 37, a furious squall. Have you ever noticed that when a crisis comes, it doesn't come slowly? it hits at once and it comes full strength everybody say full strength. full strength and it just it does everything it can to knock you over and you're just standing there trying to figure out how to survive and these crises do have the ability to destroy you notice Matthew 8 verse 24 they came up and the waves were sweeping over the boat Mark 4 verse 37 the waves broke over the boat and it was nearly swamped Luke 8 verse 30 Verse 23, so that the boat was being swamped. I mean, these waves came up over the side of the boat. The boat was filling with water. The apostles were there in the boat. Jesus is sound asleep. And they were about to be destroyed. Now, that's, that's the life that we all live in. These things happen, and you, you, you do not know. When the crisis first hits, you do not know. Will I survive this? Can I survive this? But you have to watch the attitudes of your heart. In the face of a crisis, too often, fear fills our heart. Mark 4, verse 40, Jesus said, Why are you so afraid? Now, excuse me, Jesus, why am I so afraid? The waves are coming over the boat. This is a furious storm. We're about to die. But Jesus looked at them and said, Why are you so afraid? Now, there are four reasons we see here in this story. Number one, because they did not listen to Jesus. Because they did not what? In Matthew 8, verse 23, Sorry, Mark 4, verse twi- 35, he said, let us go to the other side. Luke 8, verse 22, let us go over to the other side of the lake. Jesus didn't say, let's go out in the middle of the lake and die. He said, let us go to the other side. Now, you have to understand that when Jesus has told you to do something, he's not going to drop out in the middle. He's not going to quit you in the middle. I mean, he's not like some friends, all right? Some friends, they, they start really well with you and then partway through a project or partway through something you're working on, they just disappear. They, they don't have staying power. When Jesus said, let us go to the other side, he's saying, number one, we're gonna get to the other side, but he said, I'm going with you to the other side. So you've got the promise of his presence in the middle of whatever happens while you're moving on that journey. The second reason we get into fear is because we've stopped watching Jesus. We got our eyes off Jesus. Matthew 8, verse 23, they got into the boat and his disciples followed him. They did what? But now he's sleeping. They followed his example getting into the boat, but they didn't follow his example relaxing. Did you hear what I just said? They didn't follow the example of his rest. They followed him into the boat, but they didn't (laughs) follow his example into a place of rest. Instead, they now began to follow their experience. They got their (coughs) cues about what to do from their experience and from their abilities, not from following them. Now, here's the truth you need to get a hold of. Fear is not only caused by ignorance. Sometimes fear is caused by experience. Caused by what? Because you're an expert at it because you have studied this in detail, because you know it very well, very, very well. If I can pick on the doctors, all right? We got quite a few doctors here. Sometimes it's very difficult when doctors get sick. It's, it's hard for them to deal with fear because they know everything about every test. They know everything about every prognosis. They know it in detail. Sometimes bankers, they get so afraid when they try to start a business as an entrepreneur that the fear just grips their heart because they know so much. Sometimes fear is caused by ignorance and sometimes fear is caused by knowledge. You know too much. And rather than keeping your eyes on Jesus, you get your eyes on your own experience, your own knowledge, your own ability. Sometimes fear is caused by the suddenness of the storm. You know, Sometimes if you can see things coming, you you know how to brace yourself for it. But sometimes when it comes up so fast, fear grips your heart. You don't have time to get a hold of your heart. So I I, I just want to challenge you today. Take a look at your heart. And when the crisis has come, you have to make a decision not to be afraid. Do you remember the the guy, he he brought Jesus and said, will you come and heal my little girl? And Jesus said, sure. And then Jesus got interrupted and uh, he healed the woman with the issue of blood. And then they came and said, your daughter's died. Well, the whole atmosphere changed with that statement. Your daughter's dead. The bad report came in. And in the Greek, literally, Jesus said, stop being afraid and keep on believing. Sometimes you just have to make a decision in the face of the crisis. I'm not going to let fear get a hold of my heart. The other thing that happens to us in the midst of the storm, if we're not careful, our attitude toward Jesus changes. Now, before this, they would have never said this, but in the midst of the storm, in verse 38, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care if we drown? Can you imagine asking Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care if we die? But, I mean, look at them. They're they're in their experience having a panic attack, and Jesus is sound asleep on a pillow in the stern of the boat. So they walked up to him and his rest of faith looked like he didn't care to their fear-filled eyes. Don't you care? Now please, I challenge you. I don't say this to be critical, but I challenge you. When the crises of life come, you've got to keep in mind God is good and his mercy endures forever. We may not understand a lot of things that happen to our lives. We we may not have all the answers to why things have happened in our life, but we do know who God is and we do know what God is like. God is good and his mercy endureth forever. Cast your cares on him because he cares for you. You should never question the love of God. You should never question the heart of God for you. So in the middle of your crisis, sometimes you just make a decision. I'm not going to be afraid of this. Jesus told me to go into this. I'm following in his footsteps. I'm doing what he asked me to do. And I'm not going to be afraid of this. And secondly, I'm not going to question his heart. Because he may act like he's not doing anything. He may act like he's sound asleep. But he's watching over me. And he will never fail me. And he will never forsake me. And everybody said... Now, how did Jesus, very quickly, how did Jesus handle the crisis? Well, the first thing he did in verse 26 was he rebuked the wind. Again, in Mark 4, verse 39, the first thing, rebuked the wind. And again, the first thing in Luke 8, verse 24, he got up and rebuked the wind. He first took care of the cause before dealing with the symptoms. And sometimes this is something that we don't get. When crisis has happened to our life, we want immediate relief. We want a a Tylenol. We want a Paracetamol. We want something to make us feel better. We want the symptom treated. And the first thing Jesus will do is stop the cause of the problem. He rebukes the wind. The wind is what brought up all the waves. The wind is what was causing all the problem. So the very first thing he did was treat the cause and not the symptoms. So when you see God's hand begin to work, it's going to be a little ways off first because he's dealing with what caused the problem. He's dealing with what? what? So at first, you may not look like you're getting any relief, but the relief will come in just a second. First, he's going to stop what is causing the problem. Everybody say, "The the cause. Secondly, he calmed the waves. Now he deals with the symptoms. Now he deals with the what? He stops the wind because that's what's causing the waves. And then secondly, he calms the waves just down to like this. Now the symptoms begin to to be treated, and you'll begin to feel some relief. He completes the miracle by calming all the trouble, by calming all the multitudes of problems that have been stirred up by this storm that came up in your life. He'll deal with those issues one by one, but you'll begin to feel relief. But first, he deals with the cause, and last, he deals with the symptoms. Amen? Now, close your eyes again. <coughs> you feel how peaceful this is? You just close your eyes and just feel it. The quietness. Well, we can hear a boat someplace else. <laughs> we'll make some noise in a minute, too. This is what life is like after He comes, the storm. So, may I please encourage you don't, don't, don't lose your trust in Jesus. <laughs> when the storms of life come, And it seems like he's doing nothing. It seems like he's asleep in the boat of your life. Remember, he led you into this. He's not going to walk out on you in the middle of it. He's not going to walk out. I mean, he could have got out of the boat and said, well, see you later, boys. I'm on my way. I don't need the boat. I can just walk. (laughs) He's not going to walk out. He will never fail you. He will never abandon you. He will never forsake you. He said, let us go to the other side. Trust him in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's pray together. Father, I bring to you all my brothers and sisters right now. Some of them are here right now, and they're having a wonderful time. But at home, the storm still rages. The problems are still there. Father, I ask in Jesus' name, let the peace begin to flow. Let the wind and the storm just calm down. And let your peace and your solutions begin to flow into their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.